Thank you, worship team. I appreciate y'all so much. Did y'all enjoy the worship team this morning? I appreciate their hard work, what they do. I've got a ring up here, Stephen. It's, it's one of those uh, mid-frequency rings. Oh, we got a word. Go for it. Yes, that's right. That's right. That is right. See, there's all kinds of entities and organizations and and groups. They exist and they subsist in and of themselves. But here's the thing about the body of Christ. We don't subsist and exist because of ourselves. We exist because of the divine. And man, there's no, there, there is no, well, greater is he that is within me than he that is within the world. And all you have to do, we were talking about this backstage, and I was talking, excuse me, (coughs) to my wife about this a day or so ago. I don't remember exactly the when. But with this new, uh, uh, this rioting and these protests, and there is a difference, ladies and gentlemen, between rioting and protesting. There's a profound difference. So let's call what it is what it is. If they're protesting because there is actual injustice happening, that person or persons have a legitimate claim to protest. But when I see people gather, now this is going to be my humble opinion, okay? But I'm going to say my humble opinion not so humbly. When I see people gathering in the name of of genuine protest, genuine standing up to injustice. But they're taking and seizing that opportunity to steal big screen TVs out of retail stores. That, ladies and gentlemen, is not a protest against injustice. That is lawlessness. They are rioters and they dishonor the notion of civil disobedience They dishonor the notion of protest, and they dishonor the memory of Mr. Floyd. No matter what you think of him, that's irrelevant. When they go and do those things, they've changed their status from protester to rioter, acting out in their base animal nature, and I have no respect or honor for such activity. None whatsoever. But we, man, we have a model with which to follow. And we have a God with which to pursue. He has pursued us, and we pursued Him. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Rob. Thank you for that word. As I was stating, it is uh, Pentecost Sunday. And I think um, uh, that... A little bit of clarification needs to be made regarding Pentecost Sunday. Acts chapter 2 and the first six words of verse 1 says, When the day of Pentecost came. When the day of Pentecost 
came. Now, if we're not careful, we think of the day of Pentecost exclusively under the scope and through the lens of the Holy Spirit coming down, uh, filling the 120 in the upper room in Jerusalem, and then the world got turned upside down. But in reality, if you look at the first verse of chapter 2 of the book of Acts and the first six words, what we find here is that the day of Pentecost is a pre-existing event. Pre the the descending of the Holy Spirit, the third part of the triune Godhead. So, let's clarify what those six words mean. And then we'll move forward into our message. Is that okay? Good. The event referred to here in Acts chapter 2 as the day of Pentecost, where the book of Acts says that their, quote, were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven, end quote. That's the fifth verse of Acts chapter 2. So we have got a day that pre-exists with a group of people that have traveled from what Acts says is every nation under the earth, God-fearing Jews, to Jerusalem to participate in this pre-existing event. This event was the Jewish feast of Pentecost. It's traced back way back into the Old Testament. It's also known as the Feast of Weeks. I'm sure you've heard of that. Held at the end of the, listen carefully, it's held at the end of the wheat harvest. On the 6th of Sivan, which is the Jewish month, um, to commemorate the giving of the law. So what we have here is... Up until Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost had been around for a really, really, really long time. And it was a feast held at the end of the wheat harvest. Now, according to Ray Pritchard, Ray Pritchard is a writer. I don't know the rest of his credentials, but for Christianity.com. He says, quote, modern Christians observe Pentecost as a holiday, not to celebrate a wheat harvest. Go figure. But to remember when the Holy Spirit invaded the church in Acts chapter 2. End quote. Now, I don't know if this will affect you the way it affected me, or if you picked up on this, or if you already knew this coming into today's uh, service. But I find it fascinating that the Jewish feast celebrated at the end of the wheat harvest is the very day that God himself chose to pour his spirit out and simultaneously birth the church in order to empower his disciples to fulfill the great commission i find that fascinating Jesus said in the fourth chapter of the Gospel of John in the 35th verse, don't you have a saying, it's still four months until harvest? Don't you guys have a saying like that? Talking to the Jewish people. And then he goes on and he says, I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. So before Pentecost even came, 
the spiritual harvest was already ready for harvesting. And Jesus raises from the dead, and just prior to His ascension to the right hand of God in heaven, He gives a commission saying, Go, preach, make disciples. Fifty days later, Penta, Pentecost, Penta, like the Pentateuch, first five books of the Bible, Pentecost, 50 days after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He comes down, in, or the Holy Spirit comes down, filling the 120, and as a result, that field, that harvest, white, ready for reaping, 3,000 are added to the church that day, immediately after the infilling of the Holy Spirit. I find it interesting that the Feast of Pentecost, the Feast of Weeks, was a celebration of a wheat harvest. And where we are, are filled with that self-same Holy Spirit. At least I hope. You all seem so enthusiastic about that. My mind is just blown that I'm inhabited by the divine. Yeah, I, I can see it's just rippling through the crowd. We're filled with the Spirit of Almighty God. I mean, I want you to ponder this thought for a second. I'm going on, and I've even got a timer going to make sure I keep this short, as, short enough. But I have a feeling this is going to head south on me. That plan is going nowhere fast. The self-same Spirit of God that inhabits the Spirit-filled body of Christ is the same Spirit of God that when you open your Bible to the first book of the Bible the first chapter and verse of that Bible, we find out that that Spirit, the Spirit that descended on Jesus like a dove, the Spirit that descended on the believers in the upper room in cloven tongues, the Spirit that has descended and inhabited us today in this day and age is the same one who moved across the formless void to bring life to a planet that formerly didn't exist. You have that God inhabiting you. My God, what is it going to take to move us forward in the acknowledgement that Jesus is alive, that He is well, and let's be honest, we're the people in charge down here of making sure that harvest comes in. Open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Our text this morning, if you can believe this, I mean, what Pentecostal preacher ever preaches out of Acts chapter 1, verse 8? Wow, wow, wow. Guys, the joke is every Pentecostal preacher preaches out of Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Laugh now. Thank you. I'll take fake laughter. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. I'm reading from the NIV as I normally do. It says, But you will receive power. So what, what has Jesus said in the 8th verse of Acts chapter 1? We're going to receive what? 
power. When? When? When the Holy Spirit comes on you, you will receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes on you. Semicolon. Meaning, everything to the left of the semicolon is an independent clause. It stands all by itself. It doesn't need anything else. That semicolon could just as easily be a period. All by itself. And you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, period. Now, but we don't have a period. We have a semicolon and we have the word and. And in this case means in addition to. Everybody following me? And you will be my witnesses. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses. So, our text is saying that by having the Holy Spirit come upon us, we will actually experience, now follow me, two, two fundamental changes to our Christian experience. First, that we will give it, be given power for the purpose of the manifestation of miraculous signs. We'll get there in a minute. How I know that. Second, this is the second of the two fundamental changes. Second, that in addition to receiving this miraculous power, we will also become witnesses to and for Him. Okay? The miraculous works are set in place for the purpose. Now follow me here. Because I think a whole lot of spirit-filled folk, Pentecostal charismatic folk, get this wrong. Categorically wrong. They don't necessarily even know that they are getting it wrong. But here's the thing we need to recognize. The miraculous works are set in place for the purpose of confirming the testimony that as witnesses we are commissioned to give. Who caught that? Who understood that? Let me reread it. The miraculous works, this power, when the Holy Spirit comes on us, we'll have received power. That power, and again, I'm going to get to the definition here in a moment, is set in place. For the purpose of confirming, confirming our testimony that, uh, that we have as witnesses and that we have been commissioned to give. So we give testimony to Jesus Christ in the gospel. The power of the miraculous is there to confirm what we say. Thank you, Paul. 
Now, so as to... Well, let me back up. Miracles are not an end unto themselves and should not be sought out as such. So many times in Pentecostal, full gospel, charismatic, spirit-filled churches, we want God to show up and do all this stuff, but are we willing to do what invokes the presence of God? Because if all you want, Jesus even asked the people this when he was discussing his cousin. What did you come out here to see? He said that about John. Why did you come out here to see? Is there, is there a show here that I'm not privy to that you want to see all this stuff? No. Are we in a place where we're willing to live the life, do the work? Of the harvester who has to plant before there can be a harvest in order for the power when the Holy Spirit comes on us for that to manifest itself in our lives. Miracles are not an end unto themselves and should not be sought out as such. They are to substantiate. They are to give credibility, and they are to validate the testimony of the gospel that we proclaim. Now, I'm going to prove that to you. Everybody looking probably right up here at Mark chapter 16, last chapter of Mark. We're going to look at the last two verses, verses 19 and 20. Listen to what the Bible says in the NIV. After the Lord Jesus had spoken to them... now. What he had just got done saying was the uh, Great Commission in Mark 16. Okay? That's what he's talking about. That's what they're saying. After the Lord had spoken to them, he had just given them the commission. He was taken up into heaven, and he sat at the right hand of God. Then, this is where it gets good. Then, the disciples went out and preached everywhere. Oh, I forgot. You changed text something. The disciples went out and preached everywhere. What did Acts 1 and 8 say? You will be my witnesses. They went out and preached everywhere. And, see the word? And the Lord worked with them. They're preaching and the Lord is working with them. And... Confirmed his word by signs that accompanied it. Before everybody goes, yeah, but I know these faith healers. Look at me. There is one reason and one reason alone. Any preacher, preacher at, or lay person is running around healing anybody. That's because they have a testimony. He is working with them and he is confirming his word with his signs following it. Not because someone has some ooh-ah, hocus-pocus going on where they make countless millions And by the way, I need a new jet because this one has a scuff on it. I'm sorry, that doesn't work for me because it doesn't work here. 
the reality is this. They went out and preached everywhere. But the Lord worked with them. And the Lord confirmed His Word by signs that accompanied it. That should tell, give us a lesson right then and there about what it is we should be preaching. If He's working with them and confirming His Word with signs, then we need to be talking His Word, not our opinion. Forget your tradition. Forget your favorite thing in Bible or in Christianity. You might as well throw it in the trash because you're not going to have Him working with you and you're not going to have Him confirming His Word with signs following if you're not preaching His Word. There is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, that way is death. Let's look at two words, just two, from Acts 2 and 1. The word is power and the word is witness. Power. Everybody knows this. If you're worth your weight in sand at all, you know what the word power in chapter 2 verse 1 is talking about. The Greek word for power here is the word dunamis. We all know that. It means force. Specifically, miraculous power. Jay, put, um, uh, I'm sorry, I'm saying 2-1, one. Um, uh, one eight. put 1-8 back up on the screen. <clears throat> but you will receive dunamis. You will receive force. You will receive miraculous power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. That's how I know that power is specifically set aside for the miraculous manifestation because that's what that word right there means. It means dunamis, force, miraculous power. And usually by implication in its usage, that word actually is referring to it being a miracle in and of itself. The fact that we've received it in and of itself is a miracle. You hear that? So not only have we received a miracle by having the Spirit of Almighty God come down and fill us with dunamis, but that miracle in us enables us to have miracle flow out of us as He works with us, confirming His Word with signs following. So there's power. Witness. This is the Greek word martus. And that word right there, when you're going to be a witness, you're going to be a martyr. That's what the English word for martyrs in the Greek is, martyr. Everybody jump up and say, praise God. Let's just shout a little bit. Oh, I'm going to die. So now you know. We don't need miraculous power. We don't need the infilling of the Holy Spirit in order to gather together in our churches and our assemblies and sing how much we love Jesus and amen the pastor's message. 
We need power because in order to be a witness, in order to be a martyr, a martyr, we're going to have to accept the fact that there are some things in our lives and in our living that are just plain going to have to die. You can't be a you cannot be a witness if there isn't a little death involved, and for some of us, a whole lot of death involved. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. You can't be a witness if there isn't a little death involved. The role of witness in our Christianity is our responsibility to embrace based on the power given to us by the Holy Spirit coming on us to be witnesses. It's our responsibility to embrace. We are, where are, where are you aware of the fact? Are you aware that when Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 says that we will receive power, that the word receive means to accept are you aware of that? We need to accept the Holy Spirit's advances toward us in order to be witnesses for Christ. But you will accept power. You will accept dunamis, force, miraculous power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Or... You won't. We need to accept His advances. In order to be witnesses, if we reject His advances, then there's no power and there's no witness. The signs, the miracles that follow, are the Lord's decision. The signs and miracles are his, at His discretion, confirming His Word as we fulfill the role of witness, as Mark 16, 19 through 20 said. In the 17th verse of Mark 16, the Bible says that these signs shall follow the believer. The word follow here means to follow near, to attend as a result to accompany. And follow after. That's for those who might think that a, this, a particular person here, there, or the other place is just, man, they're just super people and they have the capacity to heal. Look at me. No human being has the capacity to miraculously heal. Not one. They have the capacity to accept the power and be witnesses. And then he will confirm his word with signs following. Our job is not to be purveyors of the miraculous. It is to be witnesses to what we've seen and what we know to be true about Jesus and the good news. He dispenses the miraculous. Now I'm going to conclude very quickly. 
Oswald Chambers, I have quoted this particular quote, I don't know how many times, but it just was really good for this moment. Oswald Chambers wrote in his epic devotion, My Utmost for His Highest, he said this about Pentecost. He said, Pentecost did not teach the disciples anything. It made them the incarnation of what they preached. Didn't teach them anything. It made them what they were preaching. The fact of the matter is that the disciples didn't become fishers of men until after Pentecost. Jesus said, you follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. He didn't say when. He said, I'll make him. I'll make you that. Three and a half years later, he resurrects, ascends. Fifty days later, suddenly, this is what fishers of men are. Stand with me across the building. Well, I categorically failed. I'm over a half hour in. I have a preacher friend right up the road who preaches between 15 and 20 minutes every Sunday. Steve, I just doubled it, man. My buddy Steve Hayes. Today, no matter what your perspective is, on the whole idea of witnessing and evangelism. But you know what? Most people just don't like it. <laughs> they just, sharing their faith is difficult for most people. Listen to me. If you want, in your heart of hearts, to share your faith with lost people, I'm not talking about full-on blitzkrieg. I'm talking about sharing your faith, speaking the good news of Jesus Christ to lost people. I want you to, to listen to me. And I want you to take some pressure off of yourself. You know how to make this easier on yourself? Accept the power and become witnesses. That way it's not on you. He says, you'll receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses. Take the pressure off. Embrace the Spirit of God's advances on your life and let Him make you a fisher of men. Yes? That way you don't have to worry about that. All you have to worry about is the love affair between you and Him. He makes you something you're not. I often quote that verse. Wrong. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. I always just quote it. Follow me and I'm going to make you something that doesn't even you don't even know exists. Much less able to make it yourself. Stop looking at evangelism religiously. 
fall in love with him, follow him, and he will make you something you've never even known existed. And he will empower you to be that witness, and he will confirm what you say with signs following. Father, we worship you. We bless your name. We exalt you and you alone. No one else gets credit. No one else gets glory. You and you alone are high and lifted up. You and you alone have a train that fills the temple. You and you alone are the ancient of days without beginning and having no end. You alone are who the four creatures cry out forever and always, holy, 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 is the Lord God Almighty. Father, I just ask that your word would find good ground and bring forth much fruit today. And I'm asking this all in Jesus' name. Is there anyone here today who has a need in their life? Anybody who has a need that we can pray over right now in Jesus' name? Father, I ask that you take this group of congregants, these believers, your children, sons and daughters, disperse them this week. Help them to have a blessed day. Help them to be secure in every way. And Father, help them to find you, to pursue you, to accept your advances and become fishers of men. And we ask this all in Jesus' holy name. Amen. You are dismissed, brothers and sisters. It is so good to see we have a prayer card.